Hey, Chris Manning from Lockdown Cavs here. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are talking about Poku, talking about Nerlens Noel, and the Clippers as a trade partner. That's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland from Vanderbilt University. Evan, this is a weird collection of things to talk about. Are you are you ready to dive into? You know, uh, I I think stuff that I'm all a little kind of like I I guess kind of kind of guess we have to talk about it. Well, I will share this with everyone, and um... <laughs> oh, fuck! I can't fucking do this anymore. That was seriously fucked up. We almost died. So you agree? Fuck yes. That was, this was insane. That was pure luck. I was not in control of that situation at all. <laughs> Look at this, Morty. Look at my fucking hand. Look at this shit. Why do you keep doing this to us? I don't know, Morty. Maybe I hate myself. Maybe I think I deserve to die. I, I, I don't. I don't, don't know. <laughs> we need a vacation. Uh, Chris, I know you've watched a little bit of Rick and Morty. I don't know if you're caught up on it, but there's an iconic scene from the latest season where Rick and Morty have a mental breakdown, and that's just kind of my thought process about talking about this prospect and kind of like what we have in store when it terms of some of these draft prospects coming up. And uh, I like Pokemon. I don't know if I like Poku the man, so that's kind of where I'm at. That's my Hillary Clinton-style Pokemon go to the polls pun. But how are you? How's Breath of the Wild? You know, I'm actively dragging my feet to get to the end of it because I don't want it to end. Like, I'm doing random stuff um, to, to, to so I don't have to do it. Like, there's stuff I haven't done. Like, I haven't found the towers in the Gerudo adjacent area and then in, like, the far, far north. That is, like, when I was running around in that part the other day, I was like, this is just me being Jon Snow in Hyrule, basically, mm-hmm. which was kind of fun. Um but yeah, I'm I'm actively gonna be bummed out when I'm done with it. There's there's like three little nitpicks I have with the game, um, but otherwise it is among the most perfect things I've ever ever played. Ten out of ten masterpiece. It's all you gotta tell me. And it's you nine, can't tell me nine, otherwise. Yeah, I the only edit I would make is I think it's really annoying the whole process of like if you break one of the weapons you get when you like beat like each divine beast that you get from like the, 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 the dead champions. I think for like winning and then like it's their old weapon or whatever. I think it's dumb that those break. I'm cool with them not being super powerful or like having to recharge, but I think it's dumb that they break. And then I have to run around and like find a Zora spear to like fix it. 
Yeah, no, that is that is annoying as hell. Because I first thought you were gonna say you can't replace them. Period. I'm like, you can replace them, you silly Billy. But yeah, yeah no, that is annoying. So yeah. that's that's my one gripe. But also, I feel like you'd be a one man wrecking crew after like a few hours into the game. And the whole point of the game is it's supposed to. It, it took pages from Dark Souls, which is a game I still hold near and dear to my heart forever and always. Um, and just <clears throat> keeping the game consistently difficult from beginning to end. And like towards the end you kind of feel like you're unstoppable because like you know the mechanics of the game you know how the combat works you know how to pick and choose your battles with certain enemies and what does and doesn't work and like you grow with the game and as link as a whole because like he wakes up with zero memories of what happened and you have no idea what's going on and you both learn and grow together and maybe i should do like a think piece about breath of the wild like a 40 minute video with this green screen i got really get creative with it but um (laughs) I, I can uh There's I can, not I, I'm many actively games. excited for Hyrule Champions and I'm even though the NBA free agency is gonna mean I won't probably play it or buy it until Christmas. Hmm. And uh just because our lives are gonna be insane. And then also um, I, I need the sequel. No, I, I feel that for sure. And before we start talking about Poku, because I'm okay. trying to drag this out, no, but look, okay, Breath so of the Wild is the game that made me fall in love with video games again because like I yeah. hated them for a while. That game so is, that game is incredible and um I'm I'm all about it. But Evan, um got to tell you, making me fall in love fall out of love with draft prospects. Well, so I this is the thing. I I understand like there's like there's a section of Cavs Twitter and I think NBA Twitter that like looks at like this skinny like a skinny guy you saw on grainy tape back in 2013. Yeah. And that was a bad draft. And then that guy is now the two-time defending MVP. Okay, yeah. I understand you look at that and you're like, oh, like maybe there's just something that we're not seeing here. Gotta tell you, man, um, I I would not have like I I think even retroactively, like if anyone if the Cavs had taken Giannis at one, it would have been like an insane thing to do, just considering what you actually knew. Also, I don't think we would get the Giannis we see today if the Cavs nope. took that one. Nope, so. nope, nope, nope. Um, you also I think with with. Poku Alexander Pokushevsky. That's the one time I'm going to try and pronounce it on this show. I'll, um, I'll try real quick. Alexiev Pokusvesky. If there are any linguists listening, let us know how we did. Um, Trevor Magnotti, if you're listening, yeah. let us know. <laughs> yeah, Trevor, keep flaming words Twitter with your tweets. It's making me laugh. But um, if the Cavs were in a situation where like they had a late first round pick and he was there and this is like a bad class, I'd be like, sure, whatever. Let him play in Canton for like a year and like like hit the weight room but man i would be scared shitless if i was like actually like investing real capital in him and thinking like this is like a guy i i want to like bet on in a big way um but he's he's yeah. a guy that no, i would be very shocked of, if he was a cavalier of, no speaking of shitless i think the, the defecations i've taken in my life way more than sorry after the official alexei poke usevsky i pronounce it like a real foreigner like a real american if you will um i understand the appeal but like you said i think this is draft twitter and like draft analysts and people that are maybe a little too online when it comes to like nba prospects getting a little too cute <laughs> with a prospect and um he's like dangerously real thin and like, yeah, he can put on muscle and get bigger, but and like maybe just maybe he could be like a Porzingis types player because of his intangibles. But like there's that center in France who people are already getting their cojones all up in a rock and tizzy over because he has like a measurables and a lot of raw talent. And I feel like, have you ever seen, have you ever, do you know who Chet Holmgren is? 
Yeah, Chet, I thought he was a Photoshop when I saw a picture of him playing defense. I'm like, he's, this is he's stressing this out because like this is no shade against him, and he's like a five star recruit, but he's like seven foot, 190 pounds, and like looks like I could blow him over if I try hard enough. Like, well, it's, look at that it's, picture of Manute Bowl playing defense. It's like terrifying. Yeah, like just. I would be so fucking scared if I was playing high school ball and I see Chet Holmgren. I'm like, what do you want me to do? He, he, he literally like, just has to put his hand up and block every shot. Well, he looks like he looks like he's like a cross country runner that got like stretched out on accident. Gumby like they, yeah, style. he looks like Gumby but a cross country runner, and that's like not like something about that body type. I'm just like, I don't know about this. I know, but there's a bunch of players like that who are just like physical specimens because freaks is the nice way to put it like again i think it's people getting cute because like Giannis is a stone that went unturned and then like a lot of teams passed on luca looking at you sacramento and atlanta um and now everyone's trying to find that next european prospect and uh there's a certain annoying member of the draft twitter circle that who shall remain nameless but doesn't like colin sexton so if you know who i'm talking about you know who i'm talking about who really thinks poku is going to be the next best thing and could be a top five pick i don't see it and if the Cavs took him at five i'd uh have a stroke um because we're probably gonna be doing a live show when that happens so you i'll have a stroke will, live you on and Twitch. i will be dead on on live podcasting but if you're if oh you're, i'll quit I quit. Like oh. that's point blank. I quit. And but um, you and I are just gonna, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's we're okay. rambling here because okay, let's talk about the positives. Okay, so if you're not, but if you're not familiar with him, he's 18 years old. He born in 2001. He was born after 9/11. Yeah. This is this he's, is this is where I'm just like I'm so washed. 18 years old. If he's drafted by the Cavs and Kevin Love tries to talk about a movie from the 90s, he'll have no idea what he's talking about yeah. because of that and like the Soviet Union didn't fall <laughs> till like a few years after he was born. <laughs> Or a few years before he was born. Either way, he's, I'm really he's getting He's 208 pounds, seven feet tall. Plays small forward and power forward. He's the youngest <sighs> um, player for Olympiacos um, in in uh, he's serving Olympiacos BC basketball club, um, which, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe is where DJ Cooper played the Ohio University great. Uh, but it's also DJ um, Pooper, you mean? Okay. Josh Childress. This is where Josh Childress famously played when he left the NBA. Pretty um, sure he's a black coach here too. And Milos Tadosius, uh, the the cigarette smoking king, who played with the Clippers for a minute, um, played there as well for a good stretch of time. But Poku is like again, like I, if you could take him and just like put him in like a in like a in a on a weight program and and everything like that, like you know what. Um, I would be, you could do it, but otherwise I'm a little, I'd be a little shaky. So let me share his EuroLeague per game averages, um, over the last two seasons. And, um, after I share them, Chris, since you're editing this, I just want you to like take the sound of like one balloon slowly deflating, just like, kind of like that. So, uh, in total in his two years in EuroLeague play, he's averaged 0.3 points, zero blocks. 0.3 0.3 steals, 0.3 assists, 0.7 total rebounds, and he scored those 0.3 points on a field goal percentage of nearly 0%. He scored all of his points at the free throw line. He hardly played, and like I get it, this is a diamond in the rough thing. And like when he did play, like you saw maybe some of the intangibles, and maybe in lower level league play, like you saw. 
his ability as a shooting big man and like chris said he plays small forward power forward will likely play the five if he actually puts on any modicum of weight and he likely will he's only 18 and he will bulk up in size but i want absolutely nothing to do with poku and like uh, everything i've heard is just like an immediate red flag when it comes to like his fit with the Cavs. like it oh my god I feel like he is going to go in the lottery. Um, I have a good feeling he's going to go in the lottery, and I hope it's not to Cleveland. And he's not a player that's really even linked to Cleveland. But um, boy, oh boy, like, sure, if he fell to like the late first round for some reason, because every team is as afraid of him as I am. Like, why not? Why not spend a late first and early second? It's like a bowl bowl type of situation where like if the Cavs had didn't tra- trade all those picks for KPJ and they somehow had bowl bowl fall in their laps in the second round. I'd be okay with it. And I think Poku, for at least until he can, you know, like Chris said, put on actual weight and, like, look like an actual human. Because, again, just, folks, if you're listening, if you're not driving, look up pictures of this guy. He doesn't look natural. Like, he needs, like, his frame just doesn't make sense to me. And, like, it's, like, Slenderman, if you will. Um, I'm, like, bullying this poor kid, too. Yeah, we, um, we're going to, let's take a break. Hey, Evan, you know what could yeah. help? Bull Bull really bulk or no oh, Freudian slip. Poku, bull Bull and Poku up. both. Yeah, every everyone who's thin, but or maybe people that need to lose some weight if they want to get a little healthier. It's Bill Bar. Uh, Bill Bar is back and it's even deliciouser. The new improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. Has six new amazing flavors, including cookies and cream, cherry barcia, which is a favorite of a couple of our listeners in our Discord thread, and caramel brownie. Bill Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for a keto diet. And, you know, a flavor in my rotation all the time is cookies and cream. Had one on Sunday, I believe. Had a banana bread one on the day of recording this. Um, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. How great is that? Right now, get a free cooler with purchase. That is while supplies last. And go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and they'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off BuiltBar.com. All right, back after this to talk about a trade with the Clippers right after this. All right, Evan, uh, trading let's, with... Let's, let's... Let's cleanse the palate. Let's talk about trades. <laughs> I'm still a little flustered about Poku. I, I, I need Proceed. like a, I need to like chew some ginger, you know, to like cleanse the palate, or like have some like basil or just some kind of herb, you know, to like really cleanse mm-hmm. what I'm what what's going on here. But I mean, I gotta tell you, um, this trade that uh, isn't is linked in our sheet that would send Andre Drummond to the Clippers, assuming he ups in, and then the Cavs get back Zubac, Pat Bev, and Rodney Magruder does not seem like a very likely thing to me and I would be kind of surprised if it happened just because I think if you're the if you're the Clippers like Zubac in some ways is just kind of like more of what you want kind of as on a, on a center on that team in a lot of ways and I can understand if you'd like you want to go with the wattage star wattage and high high level part of it like maybe Drummond has higher peaks but I think Zubac for the cheapness he's on as you're building with Kawhi PG and trying to kind of maybe bring in another expensive player via Pat Bev's 13.3 or Luke Will's contract or something like it would be more surprising to me it, it, this would be surprising to me if this kind of deal happened but if I'm the Cavs I would I would absolutely not I don't even I need like maybe one second round pick to do this 
I wouldn't even need a second round pick because I really like Ivica Zubac and it's a shame because um, I think of the John Oliver bit about the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen twins and how they're just one person moving extremely fast like it would have been fun to have Zubac and Zizek on the same roster because probably confuse a few people along the way of doing it but I like Zubac a lot as a prospect Um, him not playing in the second round against Denver was a key reason and why the Clippers lost to the Nuggets Um. He's extremely valuable to what the Clippers try to do. He's like a player that plugs and plays and works. But Patrick Beverly is getting paid way too much. Um, Rodney McGruder, I hardly even cracked the rotation for the Clippers this year. Like Zubak is like the sweetener for the Cavs taking on Beverly's contract for the next two years. I, in my opinion, at least, and the fact that like Zubak's contract is so good is just crazy to me. The more and more I look at it, um, I really like this great trade for all parties involved in. We've spoken about Andre Drummond ad nauseum on the show because there's not a lot to talk about with the Cavs on a day-to-day basis, but um, I really do think that a Ty Lue coach team could maximize the potential of Andre Drummond. He's exactly the player they kind of need where, let's say they upgrade their point guard position and they get a shooter, um, and you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George also operating on the perimeter and in space as well. It gives Andre Drummond a little bit of opportunity to operate down low and, you know, kind of negate his need to hurt you from the perimeter or as a playmaker where Tyloo is going to force him into a role that if he doesn't play it's he can ride the bench with the Clippers or a well-run organization where they could probably flip him in for more assets if they needed to but um, to bring that elite level of rebounding to Los Angeles would really put them over the edge and also would help in the fact that I think with the Lakers title success I wrote about this for Forbes where um, Honda Drummond is going to be a bit of a hotter commodity because of this but Teams are going to probably be looking to get a little bit bigger next year because, like, a tandem of Anthony Davis and LeBron is a lot to contain. But, you know, LeBron's eventually going to start passing the reins to AD, and AD is going to be the focal point of the Lakers, and the Lakers are the team to beat for now and for however long they're relevant going forward. And God knows it's probably going to be a really long time. So, like, and the Clippers that are in-house and in-city rival, and they're striving to be relevant. And I think getting a big body like Drummond doesn't stop AD, but it certainly slows him down because I don't really know the advanced metrics, and Chris, you're more inclined to this than I am, but I feel like if you could pull this up, if you're able to, I feel like Zubac did okay against AD, but he didn't really make a huge difference. And maybe just adding Drummond is just like, you know what, F it. Let's just try and go all in on Kawhi and PG, and let's just go get an elite rebounder to complement them breaking shots. Because I saw Paul George in the playoffs. I know how this story <laughs> ends. Okay, so here, here, here's for me the two reasons I... I'll give you three reasons why I like Zubac, and it's it's similar to why I like Jakob Um Defensively, is it going to be a drop anchor big? Like, just has a clear skill set. Um, B- our friends at B-Ball Index give him a gold badge, which means he's like a really good uh, for rim protection. He's also a good, uh, really good as you mentioned, rebounding boxes guys out. He's able to do a little bit of post work, but you don't need to like run a ton of stuff through him. Like he's just kind of like the right kind of modern. If you're gonna have like a seven foot, two hundred forty pound center, that is not Jokic, that is not AD, that is not Joel Embiid. Like this is. This is the the kind of guy you want, and it's also the right price. Like, him making $7 million for the next three seasons is an absolute bargain. It's insane. Um, and if you're, I, I'm just of the mind that, like, if you are building a team and you're doing this, like, I would absolutely, like, Drummond, may, again, maybe have higher highs. And, like, 
there's there's stuff that he does that Zubac can't do athletically and everything. But I think Zubac is like a more sound, consistent defender, and he's making less money. He's young. He's 23 years old. He fits right in with the timeline of your young guy. So even if you have to pay him, let, let's say like in a couple years, he, he he let's say this trade happens. He comes to Cleveland, and you're going to um, you know make him like a you're gonna re up him and pay him a good amount of money. Even if you get him up into the upper teens close to 20 something like a much higher than what he's making now like that's kind of way more on the timeline than Drummond and I don't have any of the concerns about him that I would have about about Drummond in terms of what he's going to do on the court it's just I don't think Zubox going to be able to actively hurt Cleveland like Drummond has no um and like him and Larry as a defensive front court would be really good Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know there's there's a lot of good things when it comes to Zubox as a whole I this is basically Evan. Like I, we, there's stuff on George as well, and like we very well could be like he could really very well drop like thirty five, um, you know, and twenty at a loss. Well, yeah, and then the first game of the season or something. But like, there, there's oh, just like I'm, I'm shutting my Twitter notifs off entirely if Drummond has like a monster night to open the night because I don't have the patience for Justin Rowan to. <laughs> I told you so, me. Uh, Love Justin. You, Justin. He's gonna He'll find a way Thursday. to get it to you anyway. It doesn't matter if it's in DMs, G chat. It's he's gonna get to you. But like with this in particular, I just look at this. And I'm just like, I, this is the exact template of center that I I would want, and it's the right mm-hmm. price, and he does everything well. And I'm just like uh, other stuff you want a center to do well. And uh, you know what, man? Like this this would be a home run deal for the Cavs. I just don't see why the Clippers necessarily do it. Like I I just I don't either. But I just don't. Uh, I, I I don't either. Uh, boy can dream, but um, no, I really like Zubac a lot, and I thought it was foolish for the Lakers to trade him to the Clippers to begin with. But yeah, kind of crazy because like if you were gonna yeah. play big and you had him and you could have just resigned him. Yeah, him next to AD and LeBron would have been really nice because again, Zubac just kind of like a good center to have where he just does everything right and he will not actively harm what you're trying to do on offense or defense. He'll just contribute to what you're trying to do and win, which you know, just checks all my boxes in terms of a center in today's NBA. Yeah. All right. Let's take one more break here. Come back, talk about Nerland's Noel, another center as a possible freight trigger right after this. Mm-hmm. All right, Evan, Nerland's Noel the one-time player we thought might be mocked to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, way back when ended up going to Philly or drafted by New Orleans, traded to Philly, ends up playing in OKC and just kind of bounced around the league a little bit, but just kind of settled into at least a a role in the last couple of years. What do you think of New Orleans? I, well, he was picked six overall, like you said. So yeah, he didn't play up to his position, but I like New Orleans as a player and, um, I actually think he might realistically be available for Cleveland if he's looking for an opportunity to sign a one-year contract. Uh, he's a Rich Paul client, and you know Cleveland has quite a history when it comes to Rich Paul and his clients. Um, so that that that's a good way to get their foot in the door. But let's say Tristan walks in free agency. Let's say he goes to the Clippers to play with Ty Lue, or he goes to the Lakers on a cheap deal, or something like that. Like Tristan Thompson's going to make a contending team very happy this year. Let's say. Larry Nance and Kevin Love both tell JB, like, I am not playing the five, and the Cavs don't take a big man at their fifth pick if Wiseman doesn't fall to them or they break our hearts and don't take him Kong Wu. Like, New Orleans Noel makes a lot of sense because 
he tries to maybe do a little bit more things where like he has stone hands and like he isn't a lob threat like Drummond is or like Nance, but like he's a really good defensive center and that's something the Cavs still don't have. And I think Noel would be able to contribute to what the Cleveland's trying to do defensively. Um, not as good as Zubac like we talked about in the last segment, but like Zubac is more of a starting center. But like as a reserve, high energy big who can you know make the most of a crappy opportunity and hopefully cash in next free agency. Like it makes a lot of sense for Noel to come here. I think if you were in a situation where like Drummond got flipped, I think I would be very comfortable with Nerlens Noel as the Cavs starting center next year. You really think he could? Yeah. Like what 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 do you need out of a center? Run to the floor. Okay. Can do a little do a little rolling, run to pick and roll, can do that. Defensively, he's much more active. He he, he has an inner uh, gold interceptor rating from BBLNX means he's getting steals. He is a silver pickpocket rating and a, and a silver rim protector rating. Like, I don't, th- he's 26, and like, I wonder if it's like a one year yeah. kind of stopgap thing. He's not like Zubac and Pirtle would kind of be more on the timeline uh, with Sexton and those guys. He's a little older, kind of more in the Nance category, but yeah, I think he if, necessarily wouldn't be here long-term, I wouldn't say. No, but I think if you had him as like a year, two year kind of like defensive center starting stopgap, just to give you like a rim protecting rim runner that you kind of need. And that Drummond just hasn't really shown an inclination to do. Like, I, I think that would be kind of like an obvious thing. Like I I I don't think he's like a starting center on a championship team, but the Cavs aren't that. They just need to be competent. Yeah, no, that's really all they really need to do. And a point that the Cavs drove home a a lot, a lot this uh, during training camp and everything else is like they focused on defense and how like analytically and statistically like they were the worst defense in the league last year or second to worst depending on who you ask. And that's just the only way they can build us up and. Like Chris mentioned, Noel isn't necessarily like a world-altering talent in terms of rim protection and steal percentage, but like he's really good on the defensive side of the ball, and I think he could provide a lot of interesting wrinkles on the defensive side of the for the Cavs, and you know would really have to test his shot blocking ability, especially if Sexton and Garland are starting next year, and you have either Osman or KPJ next to them. And I know KPJ shows potential as a defender, but he was not a good defender last year, and it's going to take time, but. Um, yeah, he'd be a good stopgap player until maybe you look at the 2021 draft and let's say Cleveland doesn't end up with like a top five. Like they don't get Cade, but they end up with like an Evan Mobley who is in the mold of a more modern-ish center and maybe like the Cavs hitch their wagon to him long term. But like Noel is a good stopgap in between now and then and I think it could be beneficial for like him as well, like I said, where and like you touched on, he's jumped around the league a lot. He's been with Philly. He's been with the Thunder. He's been with the Mavericks, which I even forgot about that stint. But like he just outright stopped playing for the Mavericks because Rick Carlisle was just frustrated with him. And I think Nerlens Noel just needs an opportunity for him to really cash in on his talent. And he, but I could also see him taking the avenue where he pursues a more title contender worthy team or he just sticks with Oklahoma city and does something completely out of the box. I mean, I can see that happening too. Wasn't that part of his free agency where like he had a deal with another team, but then he backed out and signed with the thunder again. Uh, maybe I, it was I, either him. I know the, one of the Morris twins did that, but I think Noel did it too. And not that many people talked about it. So if you're him and the caps come calling, what what I guess like we should think about this from the other side too. I don't know if I'm him if I'm like yes, unless the money's really. Yeah, if the money's let's just put it this way: if the Cavs offer their full MLE, I think 
Nerlens Noel strongly consider that because I don't know because with COVID and there being possibly reduced people in the stands, so there's less revenue streams. Like the Cavs, or not the Cavs, the NBA and teams as a whole are gonna have to get a little creative with like their cap numbers and stuff too, and just kind of like not really pay the tax. You know, to act like they're all broke franchises next year and maybe the Cavs offer the mid-level exception to Nerlens and like I said it's just a one-year thing he just maximizes his talent in a shortened season and then just moves on when there's a little bit more structurals and structural safety and you know just uh overall just stability in the league as a whole but I, yeah I don't know it's interesting like I think a lot of teams are going to be calling him and maybe he doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City and maybe the Rich Paul connection helps a lot too. I think Rich Paul takes good care of his clients, and I think him having a good working relationship with the Cavs definitely gets their foot in the door in a conversation. And maybe having Rich as the mediator would really, and in Nerland's ear, would probably you know really help the Cavs case as well. Yeah, I um, I would be surprised if he would like kind of Cleveland would be on his like 1A list I, I think like a contender that even if he makes like a little less he could just have a role I think on a, on a team like a Dwight Howardy role wouldn't like be out of the question oh, yeah. for me he'd be awesome if he assumed that role with like the Lakers or if he signed for a cheap deal like wouldn't again wouldn't be surprised if that's an option as well for him because if you contain your Lens Noel into a certain package and don't ask him to do too much, like he's going to be great for you. And I think he had that behind Steven Adams, Oklahoma city. And I think it's time that he tries to cash in on a payday and maybe playing for a star side of the team. Like the Lakers also helps his case. The Lakers are just a team that makes a lot of sense from Noel services. Yeah. And I, and I think with him, like I, I think they're again, the Cavs could make some sense, but I think it would involve the roster being not quite what it is now. No. Using the using the mid level on him when you have like your ping drumming and stuff, it's just like okay, I guess. Yeah, see that's where it gets weird because Drummond makes it really clunky. Who they draft could make it clunky. If they bring Thompson back, it gets a little weird. It's just it's a long shot, but like if it's like your option C, D, or even E, um the Nerlens Noel I mean, you could do a lot worse than adding Nerlens Noel for a year on the mid level exception deal. Yeah. All right. We are going to wrap it up there. Again, check us out wherever you get podcasts. Check us out yesterday on WKYC. We made it through Evan. We we really survived a, a rough beginning there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but tomorrow, uh, just to give you guys want to look ahead of who we're going to talk about. And, and again, subjects are going to change if you're listening to this and some news breaks. But we're going to talk about Cassius Stanley, the Michigan State point guard. Um, a Warriors-Spurs three-team deal that would get the Cavs Jakob Pertl and free agent target Jakob Pertl, who I really, really like. Um, we have some fun hey. guests coming up, book club hey, coming up hey, on Friday, hey, all that hey, stuff. Hey. What? Uh, pause. You got to cut. We're doing, I thought we are doing the Justin thing on Thursday. Oh, the, 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 all right. We, wait, is that running Thursday? I th- that, 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 that's what we said. If not... All right, I'll just... Okay, I misheard. I'll just cut that out. All right, uh, three, two, one. Chris, start restart the exit here. That's going to be it for today's show. Again, we have some fun guests coming up, so stay tuned for everything um, we have coming up with a slew of fun guests, some people you know, some people that you should know if you're not already reading their work. And, we're, again, we're really pumped about all that. Check us out on WKYC if you haven't already. Um, and mm. thanks again for listening, everyone. Be safe out there. Um, take some time and, and do some things for yourself, like play Breath of Wild. Evan, send us out.
As always, thank you everyone for listening. If this is your first time joining us from WKYC, I'm Evan Damarell. My co-host's name is Chris Manning. We do this five days a week, and you can find us anywhere you can find our podcast. Um, if you want to keep the discussion going, Chris and I now have a Discord server going. It's actually turning into a fun little swell community, and big shout-out to King1317, who, you know, just wanted to give him a quick shout-out for just saying that he loves the show, and um, yeah, we'll be giving you guys shout-outs going forward, and no, we just really appreciate you guys listening and just sticking with us during all this pandemic stuff and everything going on and it's gonna get worse soon so um just please wear a mask please stay safe practice social distancing um we are now less than a week until the election so you have that time to go out and vote so please do if you haven't yet black lives matter and go calves <laughs>